When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coaches, today before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, CoachPad. Uh, no matter if you draw scout cards by hand or use a program on your computer, CoachPad will give you back time by never stuffing a binder again before heading out to practice. First 13.3-inch electronic device allowing coaches to clearly display scout cards outdoors in the sun has been a game changer for programs this past fall and those currently playing all across the country. This new technology allows coaches to coach and not the monotonous task of stuffing and dealing with binders on the practice field. Check out the Coach Pad and Coach Pad Mini on thecoachpad.com. Please make sure you check out our sponsors, our affiliates, and here is another episode of the Gap Down Backer Podcast. Um, welcome back to another episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast. Um, today we have the defensive coordinator and linebacker coach at Robert Morris University, uh, Coach Dave Plungus. Coach, how you doing? Good, good. How you doing? I appreciate you having me on. Excited to be here. No problem, um, Coach. Excited to talk. Yep. I mean, we we'll appreciate you coming on. And kind of like I, we were talking before, I just got to see a little bit of one of your presentations at our state clinic this offseason. Uh, you were nice to come in and travel through a snowstorm to kind of get to us. But um, kind of before we get to anything, how did you end up as a defensive coordinator at uh, Robert Morris? Um, so, you know, I've been I've been lucky, you know, throughout my, my entire career. Um, you got to have a little bit of luck and you got to get some people to believe in you. Um, but, you know, just through my journey, you know, and everyone's journey is different. The, the big thing that that I've come across, I've been around great people, um, great, great coaches who have, have mentored me and, you know, I, I grew up in Northeast Ohio, grew up in Cleveland, um, played my high school football in Cleveland. Uh, first 18 years of my life li- living up there in Northeast Ohio towards the Menor area and then ended up playing, um, you know, Division One AA football at the University of Albany from uh, 2008 to 2012. Had four great years playing there, um, very successful program. Um, and then my, my first coaching gig, I was at Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, Division Three school in upstate New York. Um, I had one interview at Springfield. I didn't get it. Another Division three school in Massachusetts. My other, uh, my other interview was right at RPI the next day. Um, ended up getting very lucky and getting hired to, to be a linebackers coach uh, my first year there. So I coached linebackers. I was lucky to, you know, wasn't a GA spot, restricted earnings. So I really just came in. I was a new defensive coordinator, new, um, new, new staff, Coach Ralph Isernia, who um, became the head coach there in 2008. 13 was his first year he's still there doing unbelievable things at the division three program going to the NCAA tournament almost every year but I was lucky enough to coach my own position and just got thrown into the fire um so I was able to learn a lot you know I you know our defense coordinator was great he said hey do what you got to do learn teach he let me coach so um I was able to learn you know by trial and error really you know try to get in and, and you know seeing what worked what didn't work 
um, we were able to, to kind of flip that program of the previous year's little struggle and ended up going to a couple ECAC bowl games. And, you know, that, that program had five coaches in five years before we got there. So I was very lucky. I was lucky enough to get there, help that program succeed and get to where it's at now. And I was able, not only my first year there to coach linebackers, but going my second year, going to that spring, I was, you know, I was coaching a little bit of safeties. So I was able to dabble in linebacker safeties and, you know, I was co-special teams coordinator that second year. So just a, a quick turnaround right out of college, being able to get involved and not really have a backseat, but coach and learn and grow and, and fail and succeed. And from there, um, after those two and a half years, I, I was able to go back to the University of Albany, my alma mater, with a new coaching staff. When I was playing there, um, we had an old coach, Coach Bob Ford, was there from, from 1970 all the way to 2013, until one of my last years playing. And he built that program from a club team to it, what it is now, you know, a CAA team, one of the best divisions in FCS football. And so he was my coach. But when I got to, to Albany the second time as a, as a coach, Greg Catuso now became the head coach. Didn't know Greg, um, but kind of just word of mouth was able to, to get in, get my foot in the door there. And, you know, he actually came out, and this is a credit to Coach Catuso, who's been a great mentor to, towards me throughout my career as well. Um, he actually came out to an RPI game when he had a bye week to come watch me coach, to see how I coached on the field. And I thought that was interesting. I never had a coach come see me coach. He had a bye week. It was about a 30-minute drive from where we were at RPI to where Albany is. He came out, saw me coach. Two weeks later, you know, asked me to go to dinner and hired me as a defensive assistant. So going from RPI to University of Albany, back at the Division One, very excited. Um, right off the bat, he had me helping with linebackers. I wasn't coaching my, my, uh, my own position, so really like a GA type that time. So I got to learn from a lot of good coaches and the defensive coordinator at that time, Bernard Clark Jr., really took me under his wing, helped me out, helped me learn even more. Um, and then that uh, next year, um, I got put to defensive line. So I was coaching defense ends at that point um, in my second year there. And my third year, got moved to outside linebackers coach and recruiting coordinator. So I was able to do that for a year, really dove in to all the, the, you know, the underground work of being a recruiting coordinator, um, you know, working with just the program and the influx of, you know, scholarships, all that stuff. So again, another great learning experience. And I was lucky enough, you know, at this point in my career to go from linebackers to safeties, to D-line, to outside backers, to recruiting coordinators. So I was put in a lot of different positions. And then in 2018 or end of 2017, um, you know, at Albany, we had one of the best defenses in the country, you know, top five in a lot of categories. And our defense coordinator, Bernard Clark, got the head job at Robin Morris University, where I'm at now. You know, so again, I was lucky enough. He believed in me. He brought me as a defensive coordinator back in 2018. You know, we're going on our, our fifth season, fourth full season, because we didn't have a season during COVID. But, you know, again, we, we've been able to grow this program here in Pittsburgh as well. And, you know, the, the great thing about Robin Morris is, this was um, developed by Joe Walton. You know, he used to be the head coach of the, the Jets, New York Jets. Um, you know, he used to coach in Pittsburgh. Um, he's a legend. And he built this program, you know, I believe it was 1994 was the first year. Again, from a, from a low Division One type team into a powerhouse winning 10 NEC championships while he was here. And then he retired in 2013. And then in between that, that gap from 2013 to 18, when we got here, there's a little bit of a, um, you know, not, not doing so well. So we got here, um, had to bring it back to its glory days. And I think we've done a great job so far into progressing to where we want to be. But, um, 
you know, I know it's a long story where I've been. I love telling it though, but um, that's how I got to Robert Morris and, you know, lucky enough to be here in, in Western PA and recruiting Northeast Ohio, recruiting Western PA and, and getting this thing moving. Now kind of building off of that, you, like I said, you've coached multiple positions over the years. How do you think that's helped you as a defensive coordinator by being able to hit a lot of those different positions over the course of your career? Oh, it's been tremendous. It's awesome. I mean, I, I've been lucky enough to, to coach. The only position I have in coach has been corners. Um, and, you know, if, if you're not too well adapted with the position, obviously you got to hire great staff to, to help you with it. And I feel, you know, very strongly about the other ones. So I think it just, it just gives insight, um, you know, so like our D-line coach, myself and, you know, our D-line coach Davis, we talk all the time regularly about D-line play. Um, and it's great because he's got his ideas. I have my ideas and it's never, you know, who knows the most. It's, hey, what can we collaborate on to get the best out of who we have and what they do well from what we know? Um, and, you know, even our head coach was a D-line coach at one point in his career. So, um, you know, and I think we got to we do a really good job of, of molding that because sometimes you can have too many cooks in the kitchen. And that's something I never want to do as a D.C. You want to let your position coaches coach, but you're going to have ideas. You're going to have to you know throw it off each other. Same thing with our safeties coach. Coach Tansky does a tremendous job. Um, so, you know, we do a great job collaborate, collaborating with that. And I think it's um, being a D.C. It's beneficial. Um, you know, but I think one of the hardest things as a DC that I found out as a young DC is, you know, knowing those positions and knowing, you know, what you want in a formula and a system to what you do as a defense. The hardest thing is not going overboard and a, you know, trying to micromanage those positions because you know, because you're still a position coach. Like for me, I'm still the inside linebackers coach. And as a DC, sometimes that, you know, you, you kind of focus on, hey, what do I have to do in terms of, you know, scheme or calls or practice plans, but you forget about, hey, I got to make sure my linebackers are fundamentally freaking sound so they are performing at the highest level because that is ultimately your position. Now, us, you know, as, a, as an FCS program, we don't, you know, I don't have a GA right under me to help out with, uh, with um, you know, with linebackers. I have a student assistant, but so that's the toughest thing, I think, is, you know, trying to maintain your position while you're trying to, you know, look at these other positions or what's going on. Now, kind of building up that, because like I said, I was able to catch some of your linebacker presentation at our state clinic, which you did a really good job at. And like I said, I, I only got catch a part of it while my uh, two of my defensive coaches were able to kind of catch the whole thing. Um, kind of where do you start from a position point with linebackers at your level? And then a separate side part of that is where would you, because obviously you recruit what you need. Where do you suggest high school coaches start with what at linebacker? In terms of just developmental? Yeah, just basic, basic developmental and teaching. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I mean, it's the same. It's, it's, it's you have to teach and, um, you know, my background, you know, I have my, my father and mom weren't teachers, but my, I know I have three uncles that, that teach and coach. Um, I have another cousin that's another coach. Um, so like, you know, my, my family is, is built of teachers and coaches. And I think at any level, it's just from the ground up, you know, it's just, it, you just go from, from feet, knees, hips, hands, shoulders, and just, you progress it. And from a teaching point from us, like, you know, I still teach like day one, just, Hey, this, this is a correct stance. This is our movement. Right. And it's always hips and hands, hips and hands. And those are the two developmentals. Like when I, when we, when we teach and we coach, it's always got to be, okay, my, my alignment, my stance, my key, my responsibility, you know, that's old school football, right? ASKR. Um, but I do think from a standpoint of linebackers, the first thing when I see them or I coach them, when we get them on campus is, all right, I get just to see how well they bend. 
you can see a lot from the way they bend um, at their hips, their knees, their ankles, you know, how stiff they may look. Um, not every stance is going to be perfect, um, but I, you know, I just kind of look up and down being like, all right, are they, are they flexible? Are they bending? Where are their toes at? Um, you know, a big pet peeve of mine is, you know, when guys play with, you know, duck feet, guys play with their toes pointed out, it's hard to change direction like that. And those are, you know, when I look at their feet, I'm like, okay, well, let's get those toes in. Can they, um, have they, have they not been able to, um, because I, I do think with your, your toes in and playing on the inside balls of your feet and on your edges, you can change direction. You can cut, you can be more fluid as an athlete. Um, so our teacher progression goes from that, man, it goes from your feet to your ankles to your knees, to your hips. We have a great strength coach that when they do come on campus, you know, he puts them through the, the, the ringer of, you know, hey, my flexibility, my shoulders, my knees, how flexible are these guys? Because I, you know, to me as a, a linebacker guy, I look, and I think a lot of people nowadays, the game's played sideline to sideline. I look for speed. I look for, you know, a lot of times I'm looking for safeties that can play linebacker, you know, roll down safeties that, you know, have a good frame um, that that can, you know, can develop into to a linebacker, but keep that speed. But on the teaching progression for us, it, it starts with your stance. It starts with your feet. Um, and then it starts with your change of direction movement. You know, I talked I just talked about hips and hands. Like we got to be able to have fluid hips, um, being able to turn, to open, to run, to get downhill, to stop, um, you know, and just simple, you know, basic lifting and running movements of how fast can I get to point A to point B and stop? Or how fast can I get to point A to point B, stop and get to point C? And I really, really look on the hips portion of it is how fluid are they? How can we help them get more fluid? How can they run? Can we change their body posture? All right. So when we're teaching is, is your body posture, you know, when you go from your stance and then you start running is how fast can you get to that point, but still have good body posture, not be sloppy. And we work on that daily, you know, whether it's, you know, when I was coaching youth, when I was back helping out with high school camps, when I'm coaching eighth graders or I'm coaching freshmen in college, or even when I'm coaching seniors, can I help my body posture going from a hundred to zero? And then vice versa, from zero to 100, meaning chest up, shoulders up, good bend, all right, being a power position. As linebackers, we always say start in power, stay in power. So if you can start in power and stay in power, you're a strong human being. So we work those hips, we work those body postures, and then we'll get to the hands. We'll get to the block destruction, violent hands, teaching them how to lock out, how to do those things as a teaching progression. Um, I know I was a little bit all over. Did that, did that answer your question? Oh, that was perfect, Coach. Okay. Seriously. Um, my next question with that is like and kind of building off that, what do you commonly have to like fix when you get linebackers? What do you think high school coaches kind of miss? Um, I had one um, college linebacker coach tell me um, one of the biggest things he's got to fix is the read step because everybody wants to get um, too close to the line of scrimmage. What, what do you kind of have to typically work on? For me, um, as just a college coach coaching linebackers, like when, when our freshmen come in here in a couple of weeks, when they when they get back here, um, it's I mean, it's always going to be their eyes. Right. Like, you know, everyone, I, I always think it's their eyes. Um, you know, I don't the read step because everyone teaches the read step differently. You know, some teams are lateral, some are downhill. I'm very aggressive with it. You know, our main I mean, our philosophy as an inside backers, number one, as everyone should right, to stop the run. Um, but. Our guys are always the eyes. They want to drift. Um, they, you know, I always talk about like a NASCAR driver, right? If you're a NASCAR driver with our linebackers, this is, you know, day one stuff, even our older guys, 
I'm a NASCAR driver, right? I got these, these blinders up or I'm a horse racing, right? If I look to the right or to the left at the other car or other horses, I'm going to get out of my lane. I'm going to crash. There's going to be a big fire. We don't want that. So you're a NASCAR driver. So you see a little, you see a lot. And the big thing that I always do is guys want to see everything. They want to see everything outside. They want to see all the alignment. They don't want to focus on what they want to do because they don't believe in you yet coming as a new guy that, Hey, you know, these little steps will lead me to, you know, being successful, whether it's doing my job, whether it's making a tackle. Um, and the, the big hurdle too is block destruction, right? Like we, we call block destruction, the difference, the difference between you making a play or not. And it's, it's something that our guys believe in. And when we, we, you know, I got it from some, from other coaches this off season, we've been drilling it and it is so true in terms of like your body position of how you lock out. We always tell our guys, this is the difference. And when we talk about it, it gets them thinking because when a freshman get, get here, like you said, their hardest thing is focusing from, you know, point A to point B of where my eyes need to be and then where they need to go. Because once someone has the ball, everyone's looking at the ball running, but there's someone 300 pounds offensive line or someone outside tight ends receiver coming to crack you. And if you look at that ball carrier and you don't look at the block that you need to de destruct, then you ain't going to make the play. So we talk about the differences. Hey, eyes on your key, eyes on your block. You got to defeat him first. And that's the difference between you making that play on the ball or not. And we always talk about hairline below hairline, thumbs up, elbows in, lockout, speed to lockout with violence. So, um, you know, for us, it, for me personally, that's always the hardest thing is to train the eyes. Okay. Now kind of moving on from there. I mean, obviously, as the, from the defensive coordinator hat part, I mean, how do you typically like to structure a practice on a typical day um, across the board for your defense? Yeah, so it's always um, – I love that question, too. It, it's just something that has been ingrained in me since I was a player, coach, is, um, you know, our coaches know, like, there's a progression. It has to be. And our head coach does a great job of, you know, of talking to us about practice, of how it needs to be aligned, and everyone needs to be aligned doing the same thing in order to progress to get to where you need to be. So for us, it's always a method. It has to be. The first thing is when, when we go to practice, whatever drills, whatever circuits, whatever indie drills – whatever new plays that we may have, you have to show your position group. We show the defense. You have to show them on PowerPoint, Visio. You have to show them a picture. Then you have to show them a video. And this is, this is the progression. So it's, it's always show a picture, show a video. So when they get out there, they know what they're doing. Then we walk through it. So we always walk through everything, whether it be an indie drill, whether it be a, a new play, whether it be a circuit that we're doing. And then after you walk through it, you do it in indie. And then you do it in a group period. So we separate, you know, D linemen, linebackers, and then maybe D linemen, DBs, right? If we're putting in a new coverage or whatever practice plan, then you do it against the offense. Then you repeat and review. But it's always got to be systematically, like when we're setting up a plan, like it has to go from the meeting room to picture, to video, to get outside. You walk through it. Then you rep it in indie. So you get the very specifics of it. Then you rep it in a group. Then you rep it in team. And it's always a repeat. And that's something that is just, that is time tested, true to me. Um, and that's something that always has to be done because if there's a, if there's a lapse in the process, like some, some young men, you know, maybe they don't learn from just seeing a picture. Maybe they have to see video or vice versa. And then if you don't do it and you, if you don't present them with it before they hit a team period against offense, you're just losing reps. 
if you haven't walked through it, if you haven't drilled the specifics and group and indie, to me, you just lose reps. And then you're just back to square one the next day trying to repeat that thing. So you try to cover all your bases in terms of a, a teaching progression for practice. Now, kind of building off that, as a defensive coordinator, what does your typical week look like from, okay, game's over, here's my process to get to the next game, both from an on and off the field standpoint? So um, just in terms of just the structure of the week, how we structure yeah. it out. So for me, so we already gave our guys off Monday. Me personally, um, this is my mindset with it. So right after the game, um, you know, the, the thing is I just want to watch the game. I, I'll watch the entire game. Um, just seeing the whole defense, making any corrections, um, good or bad. Then after I watch that game, I'll be lined. I'll watch it a second time. I'll be linebacker specific. So I'll go linebacker specific, make sure we're good to go. Um, after we watch a game, now if we have a night game, you know, there's going to be some crazy hours. Um, a lot of our games are day games or if we're traveling, you know, I'll watch it on the bus or, or the flight back. Um, but for me, you know, after I watch our game and I'm good with it, um, my big thing is now I'll get on to the next opponent. So my goal is I want to watch at least half or, you know, later in the season, at least half early in the season, at least all of the games of our next opponent. Um, and I won't watch any of our opponent until we finish our game. Cause you know, obviously fully invest into to our opponent and who we're playing that week. And then once that game's over and I finish the, the couple of game breakdowns of, um, of our game that we just played, I'll get right into our next opponent. So I'll try to watch as many games as I can that night. I'll be up late. Uh, I want to watch it. I want to have an idea. Uh, we'll get in on Sunday as a defensive staff um, our, at, at uh, 10 a.m. and we'll watch our game. So we'll watch our game, make sure it's all good. And then 12 o'clock, we'll have a staff meeting, uh, kind of go over the good points, bad points of the game. Two o'clock, our guys come back in. We'll watch the game with them. All right, then uh, we'll go outside and hit a little bit of base stuff. Um, so I already have an idea of what we want to do base. Our staff has an idea of, you know, what the other team does in terms of their maybe they have a couple unusual formations, just really getting our guys um, feed it back underneath them, uh, you know, getting that, that pass game gone, whether it was good or bad, just getting their minds onto the next opponent because that's the most important task that we have. So we get back on the field, uh, just go through maybe, hey, these are their top players. These are the guys that, that they like to get the ball to. This is what we have to be aware of. So once that ends, our guys are, are done until Tuesday. So as a defensive staff, we'll come back in, finish everything we have to, um, and then we'll watch a game of our opponent, the last game of our opponent together. So we'll watch a game, kind of just, you know, you know, get some ideas of what we're doing as a base. The rest of the night um, on Sunday, all of our staff has their specifics, um, what they like to do. Um, we got our, our run game guys, our D-line guys. We got our pass game guys. We got our third down, our red zone guys. We got our special screens, tricks, boots, all the unusuals, um, unusual formations, all that stuff. So we, everyone's got a little piece. For me, during that time, I want to finish out every game. So usually I have like maybe one or I always try to make it maybe I have one or two games left just to kind of get a guy kind of again, to get a feel for what their offensive coordinator may do or may try to hit us with and his his process, maybe try to get in his head a little bit. So I'll finish all those games out Sunday night. Other guys are breaking it down. Uh, we'll come in early Monday, 7 a.m. Um, as a defensive staff, and we'll really get to, you know, we should have all the scouting reports done Monday morning, and we'll kind of, you know, just go off each other right now and be like, hey, this is what we think. Um, I'll give my ideas of, this is where I think we're good in terms of pressure, coverages, fronts, movements, base stuff against our unusuals. 
Um, and then, you know, after that, we, we will, I don't like, um, I don't, I never liked sitting in a room and dissecting an offense together. We'll watch games together, but I don't want to go through 11 personnel, uh, two by two deuce formation, gun strong inside zone, 25 plays and how they block it. Like, I just think that's a waste of time. It's just kind of methodical. Okay. Here's inside zone again. Here's inside going like, we'll watch some things that may cause us problems, but if we don't know how to do that against our base, we're just, you know, I think we're in trouble. And I do think by us separating a little bit, because what we'll do on Monday after we come in early and kind of, you know, function our base game plan is, you know, everyone will go separately. Um, you know, I got two guys just watching with each other. So I think guys and defensive staffs, they think better on their own, more ideas, more concepts, because if we're all in there in a room crunched in for six hours, everyone just kind of gets slowly lethargic. Um, so I don't like doing that too much. Obviously, you have to do it because we got to be on the same page. But I like those guys going to think and then we'll come back. Um, we'll come back at three o'clock in the afternoon and we'll finalize that base game plan of, you know, on, on Tuesday, we have to be ready for base pressures, goal line. All right. So those are the things we want to hit base pressures, goal line, which kind of goes into a little bit of red zone. So I want to be ready for that. All of my ideas will collaborate and we'll do that from three to five. We'll get our base done right after we're done with our base. We'll watch another game and we'll make sure, okay, let's look at our base versus another game. Does it match up? Well, do we feel comfortable with what they try to do? Well, their top runs, top passes, top formations. All right. And we'll do that for about, an hour and then we'll kind of go back and we'll now get into our specifics Monday night getting ready for Tuesday morning so you know someone's got third down red zone um you know the the any specifics and then for me on Monday night it's really just getting into that first and 10 game plan so I'll watch all the more specific stuff all the first and 10 second down um by personnels of what these guys like to do and does our base stuff you know, does it match up? And usually we'll come in Tuesday morning. Um, you know, our, our head coach is great. He likes, I think it's interesting. He loves to, um, we don't have morning meetings. You know, a lot of people want to get our guys up at 6 a.m., 7 a.m. You know, his big thing is, he's like, do we ever play a game at 6 a.m.? And everyone always, everyone always, um, you know, not criticizes, but, you know, comes after, you know, young men or young women. And they're like, oh man, they're not getting enough sleep. You, you can't expect a college student or a high school student to go to bed by 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. to get up. Like, so like we always complain they're not getting eight hours of sleep. Well, we're waking them up at 5.30 to, for a 6 a.m. lift and a 7 a.m. run or a 7 a.m. meeting. So, you know, of course they're not getting their sleep. They're not gonna go to bed. Like as much as you want, they're not going to. There's, there's, there's girls, there's guys there's talking to, there's video games, there's social life. So um, I think that's something our head coach does a good job and you see it later in the year I do think our program gets stronger later in the year because these guys are sleeping. They're not taxed. Um, so we always keep two to six open for our guys. Those that's a four hours, two to six. Our guys know it. So no classes, nothing. So Tuesday, our guys will come in at two. We'll give them the whole game plan um, in terms of the, the base stuff. We'll meet with them. We'll be specific. We'll have, I'll have all that written up for our coaches of what we do in terms of first and 10 calls, second and 10 calls, pressures, base, and we'll go out to practice, have that practice plan, have a great Tuesday practice. After Tuesday practice, we'll come in as a D staff. We'll watch it, see if there's any hiccups, and we'll get right on to third down um, red zone. So um, on Monday night, I forgot to mention this, on Monday night, I will dive into some third down. So I will dive into some third down, um, starting third and short, third and medium, third and long, to get an idea 
of you know what what works well in terms of our nickel packages or any or any penny dime package that we may have for that week on third down so i'll really dive into third down monday night and then tuesday you know i'll have my ideas but kind of same as before i'll, I'll present it to our um, defensive staff hey these are the third down ideas what do you guys think and it will go on our own we'll look at that and everyone will have a little breakdown on third down whether it's coverage whether it's protections um and then we'll come back tuesday night okay tuesday night will still be a little late night and we'll say all right this is this is kind of what we like here all right on tuesday night um this is what we like in third down um and we should have an idea for our red zone stuff you know red zone doesn't change it as much until you get to that goal line situation for us so we got a good idea what we want to go against so then Wednesday morning, we'll come back early. We'll make sure we touch up as a staff, um, third downs, red zone, making sure we're good with that on Wednesday morning. And then Wednesday's practice will be a very uh, specific, heavy red zone, third down with some base stuff. Um, we'll get to you know any of their secondary runs or passes they may run um, because on Tuesday, we're hitting their top stuff. Not going to hit everything, but we're going to hit their top stuff. So we're very good at that. On Wednesday night after practice, um, we, I let the defensive staff go, get out, make sure you do your, we do our recruiting calls, um, make sure you get out though, um, watch what you need to watch. And what we really watch is, you know, I put a guy in charge of field goal block of punt safe, and then of any tricks, screens, any of that stuff. Um, so on Wednesday night, everyone would get out me personally, I'll stay in. And what I want to do is I want to finish those, the, just that call sheet. If there's any adjustments to third down red zone that we may need to do or two minute situation, I'll make sure that's ready to go Thursday morning. Um, you know, we really, we, you know, I'm a big advocate of um, never putting anything in later in the week. You know, if we got our stuff in Tuesday, we should have an idea of what we need to Tuesday. Same thing with the third down red zone Wednesday. Um, but anything after that's kind of, you know, I, I don't want to put anything new in. Um, I, I do say that, but we had a smart group of seniors last year that we put something new in the day of the game. and It, it kicked, uh, kicked our opponent's ass. So you never know. Um, so, but we do a good job of that. So Wednesday, you know, we'll go through the gauntlet. Thursday, we'll come in. Um, you know, we'll just make sure, again, we'll watch another game as a defensive staff just saying, hey, okay, hey, third down red zone matchup. Let's, let's look at the trick screens, any of the unusuals. Do we have that? Punt safe, field goal block. Are we good with that? All right, so we'll go Thursday. It will be a lighter practice. Get in, get out. All right, after Thursday, all right, we'll get, again, defensive staff out of here. On Thursday night, um, this is what I'll do Thursday night. I'll pick, um, I'll pick a game out, and I'll just make sure right now, like it would probably be the last game, I'll go through all the calls that we have, and I'll just call a game Thursday night. So um, usually there's some Thursday night football. Um, I'm lucky enough that that you know, I know that people have families, but my wife's a volleyball coach, so she's she's just as busy as I am. So when I go home, she's probably doing something with volleyball. So I'll I'll call a game Thursday night just to have make sure it's good in my head. Friday morning, we're gonna have a walkthrough here, or we're traveling, um, and then we'll have a night meeting with our guys, whether it be home or away, um, as a defensive staff. Um, that's a big recruiting day for us. So just making sure that we have all of our calls and all of our high school recruits that, that we're ready to roll with. Um, everyone's been called. Um, and then Friday, you know, we'll, we'll galvanize together as a defense. Um, we'll get, get everything rolling. Friday night, I'll try to watch one more game. Same thing, call sheet. I'll try to put situations in my head, you know, like, hey, you know, this happens two minute or we get a, a second along or we get a third and one or we get a two point play. Like, what are our plays? What am I calling? Do our guys know it? Um, and then Saturday morning, big game time. So, you know, really, you know, a long drawn out process. But it's again, it's something that you know, I just got to make sure these these checks get done. Everyone's got their roles defined. 
So our guys are playing at a high level. Perfect, Coach. Now, kind of, I got two questions for you before we go. Um, when, when you're obviously you hit the off season, what is the process looking like at evaluating how your season went, your playbook, uh, how you called games, how you scouted people, everything? Like when you go through the 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 myriad of okay, let's let's self scout how we did everything for the off season. What does that kind of process look like for you? So the first thing. Um, First thing we do is, you know, it's always like it's the old military adage, right? Like you got to brief, you got to make sure you you focus on, you got to brief your players and your staff on what's happened. And then after it's done, you got to debrief. So I think the, the main thing, I think we do a great job of here. Our defensive staff does a phenomenal job is after every game, we have a write-up that every coach writes, right? And it's a detailed write-up that we keep in our vault, in our, in our drive of, you know, of that opponent, of what we did well, what we didn't do well, good plays, bad plays. It's very, very specific. And a lot of times it's two to three pages. So, you know, I, I have our defensive staff make sure that's done by Sunday night after our last game. And we'll put that in a vault. So then because, you I mean, what you did week one, if you don't have notes on it and all of a sudden, you know, 13, 14 weeks later when you're doing self-scout, it's hard to think back what you're thinking at that point. So we got to make sure every little detail is put in and we make sure we keep it. So right after the season, um, obviously we'll get right into recruiting. So that is always the tough part because you're right into recruiting right now. So you got to make time. So, um, you know, we have a, you know, if you don't make the playoff, it's a Thanksgiving break. If you're in the playoffs, you're playing during Thanksgiving. Um, but try to get it done as specifically as we can with the process. So what we'll do is right after the season and right after we come back off the road recruiting, usually a lot of times, we'll, you know, if we have a recruiting weekend during December and January, um, you know, that Friday is usually where you come back off the road as a staff. So we'll try to get together that Friday morning as a defensive staff and we'll we'll go through every game and we will watch every game in terms of just like, hey, these were the positives. These were the negatives. What worked well? What didn't work well? Um, and then we would go through as the entire season. Then then we'll start getting the specifics. All right. We'll, we'll look at all of our play calls in, you know, first and ten. All right. And then, you know, we'll look at, you know, what we went against specifically, you know, whether it's 10 personnel, 11 personnel, but the main thing we're trying to get was what was it six, like on first, first and 10, was it three yards or less, right? Second down, was it three yards or less? Are we succeeding on third down? And we'll really break it down in specifics in terms of like, Hey, let's watch all of our, you know, all of these calls versus the first and 10, 11 personnel. Did it succeed or did it not? Why? And we'll have a, a running tally. Um, and I think the, I think the hardest part nowadays, uh, coach, is that, that now, like, it's funny you say, like, you have to progress into your playbook. Your playbook now, you know, at least for us, is ever-changing because, I mean, one, because of the transfer portal, right? Because, like, everyone always asks me, like, coach, what's your scheme? Like, okay, we're a base 425, but right now we got two stand-up ends that are type linebacker guys. You know, in, you know, last week we could have got a big-time recruit that's a, that's a, through a hand down D lineman. So now your scheme is going to change a little bit. So like your playbook is ever changing with what your guys can do. Cause like I said, everyone always asks me like, Hey, what are you guys? Hey, we do what our guys do best. That's the art of coaching, right? Like we're not, we're not, Hey, we're, you know, four, three quarters guy. Like, Hey, we're, we're, we're going to, if our guys can play man, we're going to play man. If we're a trap two team, if we're a quarters team, if we're a good blitzing team, I think you got to cater to what you guys do well. But um, I think going through that process, that's something you got to think about is how's my team look? How's our defense look, you know, going into next year. But 
we'll break down all that. And the big thing for us, and I want to see is like the success rate. If it was really poor, if it was just, if it was poor because of schematics, well, we got to adjust that. If it was poor because maybe we weren't fundamentally sound in block destruction and tackling, we're going to have to change that up a little bit. But um, that process is a little longer just because it right in between the recruiting and we'll watch all those, um, you know, again, we'll, we'll have a running tally, what worked, what didn't work. And then when we get to that spring portion, spring ball, we'll use all that information and be like, hey, all right, this is where we want to go with the defense. We were, you know, really good at one high man coverage last year. Well, let's implement that. Our guys are, we got all of our DBs back. So let's, you know, let's keep into that. Let's tweak some things. Or, you know, maybe these are what, you know, a running tally of what the offense gave us last year. Why are they giving us that? You know, did we not have edges on our defense? Were we uh, caught in movement too much? Was there somewhere where we set the front where there is a tell? So all that stuff will just go into to the notes you take and the hours you put in in terms of watching it, breaking it down. And it's obviously it's the coach's duty, man, to make it better and to progress to to not let it happen again. And, um, you know, those are the fun times too. you know, trying to have those little tweaks to something that you didn't see in the season or last year that now, OK, that makes sense. Let's make that better. Hey, Coach, perfect. And then la last question I have for you is, uh, what's your favorite linebacker drill? Favorite linebacker drill? Yes. Um, I, it's old school sled. Um, any retractable sled. That's my favorite. I just, I just, I'm a firm believer in block destruction. Like you have to have violent hands and not everyone's the same. You know, some people have short arms. We try to recruit guys with long arms, but some people have short arms and they can't get that lockout. So, I mean, I love the sled. I love block destruction. I, I will go to the grave with that because you have to be able to use your hands. You have to be quick, whether it's a swipe over because you got short arms or whether you're locking out guys and you can push press and you can uh, shock and shed guys. But um, any type of sled, and especially the retractable ones where you can get that thing locked out and put it up and where you can move with it. Um, I just think it teaches um, the violent punch that you need. It just uh, it has an attitude as a linebacker because football hasn't changed. It comes down to, to blocking, block destruction, and tackling. And you, you have it's just different ways to do it. So you have to be really, really good at that to be a successful linebacker. Perfect, Coach. Well, coaches, uh, give Coach a follow. His Twitter will be below in the bio. Um, like, share, subscribe, uh, comment, all that lovely stuff. Uh, check out our sponsor, Coach Pad. Um, otherwise, that's in our episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast. Appreciate it. Thanks, Coach.